I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her Huishan Zhang is one of our favorite emerging designers at Capital. Huishan is a go-getter, a dreamer, and a romantic, and I absolutely love his dedication to manufacturing in his home country. Huishan Zhang, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I think you're all the way in Shanghai, am I right? No, in China, but I'm in Qingdao, my hometown. Right oh, in Qingdao. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you, in yes. the last time I saw you was in March in, yeah, in, in Paris. Paris. And I think you got the, <laughs> the last flight out back to China, correct? I know, yeah. Just before the lock, big lockdown in China. So I was quite lucky, be, you know, to rush back home, you know, so it was good. Yeah. And then and have you, I'm and have you much, been there the whole time? Yeah, I'm, I'm here the whole time. I mean, since the situation is still a little bit unclear, so I'm kind of focusing on, you know, more work in China. And then obviously we just launched a new collection. So now we're working for the new spring summer 2021. Yeah, so still here. <laughs> are you in your childhood home in, in Chengdao? Are you, are you with your parents? Yeah, I'm with my parents. So <laughs> That's we, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, I never really stayed. I never really stay in China for that long, so it's yeah. kind of nice in my situation. I'm sure they're loving having yeah. you. And so, tell me how it all started. Or did you always want to be a designer? Yeah, funny enough, like I'm quite, you know, like very sure in my early stage when I actually was a, you know, a student in high school you know, all those kind of paths, I always want to, and also dreamed about to become a fashion designer. Like I'm quite like to manipulate this fabric, you know, like, like to working on shapes, etc. So this never occurred to me for things to, to feel very hard to choose what my career going to be for the future. So I kind of really straightforward, you know, when I graduate from high school, I, you know, I kind of told my mom, I, that, that, that's the only thing. I want to do so therefore kind of you know um that's back to quite a long time ago before actually i went overseas from china so my mom said well we don't really know how you're gonna become a designer maybe you should find your own way so but i got the blast from the family so they all supported me for what i want to you know achieve for my future so i'm kind of a go-getter so i literally go after my dream and then decide <laughs> to move to london you know doing study at central smarting were your parents particularly stylish or were there sort of style mentors for you as a little person that you looked up to uh, yeah i mean basically you know my parents have you know good taste in terms of fashion and then they like you know, like nice lifestyle. So it kind of influenced me a lot. And then, you know, my mom, you know, always liked to dress up. So that's actually give me the encouragement saying they're going to be, you know, I like 
when I convinced my mom want to become a fashion designer because you know that's when I talking about almost like 20 years ago you know when China actually not that open as now so basically fashion design to you know to the to the people's mind is very kind of far away kind of thinking because you know they don't really have this idea of you know what fashion design is so but i mean a way that's been encouraged by my mom all the time and then i told my mom saying well if i don't succeed at least i'm gonna be a good tailor to make you dresses so in that case <laughs> she was very happy to support me <laughs> after that and then, it, yeah. and then at 17, I think you went away to study abroad? Yeah, 17 years old. And where did you mm. go, Huishan? I first landed in New Zealand, actually. Really oh, wow. Far, far away. Kiwis. <laughs> another, yeah, Kiwis. <laughs> another side of the world, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So, because at the time it was like China is not really open. Also, you know, also the world didn't really open to China either. So, but, you know, in Australia and New Zealand area, it's already long established immigration, you know, from China there so basically you know we decide maybe it's a good launch pad also we know some friends there to look after me so that's why i decided to go there as a first step out of china yeah and were you inspired or surprised by the fashion in new zealand well you know the thing is it's a really a good fundamental study there because you know i was studied you know pretty much study fine art at the beginning because I feel, right. you know, I feel this kind of com cross communication between those form of art. And then, you know, I, although I already really want to focus on fashion, but, you know, I think at the beginning, I didn't really know what his fashion about. So I, I decided to actually study fine art first. And then my second year, I actually decided I want to focus on the fashion major. And then really starting to study the fundamental, the pattern cutting, the construction. And I think for that case, you know, obviously when you talk about fashion, maybe people not associate with New Zealand that much, but, you know, but my early stage, you know, training actually been really nicely kind of well-educated in New Zealand because the, I think the technology, you know, side of fashion is very strong for my university. And what did you learn about yourself in that experience? I think to just just trust trust your gut and then go ahead because I pretty much you know studied abroad by myself even though we know some people there but you know I kind of found my high school you know because I went there first and then I found another high school and then from the high school I decided to study you know arts and design later on pretty much I you know I kind of followed my own instinct to actually you know, contact the school, convince them, present my portfolio, which at the time I don't even know what the portfolio is, and then basically learning things along the way, and which gave me quite a big confidence to actually, you know, later on go ahead with, you know, a bigger dream, you know, for my future as well. Yeah. To, con to continue on at Central St. Martin's. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. and so tell me how that happened. And um, had you always known about Central St. Martin's and had you always wanted to be in London? Yes. At the time, actually, when you look at fashion, you, per you know, at the time, there's not a fast internet even, you know, kind of popular in the world. So you need to actually doing the dial up 
internet thing. And then you look at fashion through <laughs> magazines, basically. And then I remember my first magazine I ever bought, you know, in New Zealand. I had a look at a Prada campaign and I really draw into the, 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 the philosophy and the, the mood and then, you know, and basically inspire me a lot. And then, and also as a young student, you know, Galliano and McQueen always a role model for you to get inspired. And when you yeah. look, when you read all those stories about them, you know, St. and Martin definitely run a bell. And then you make you wondering if one day you can achieve a dream and go to London, study there, and maybe after that you can launch your own brand. So basically, it's a dream that you made up in your head. So it's really amazing kind of uh, when you're young, you kind of dream lots of things and then you also have the opportunities to actually chase your dream. Were you intimidated your first, um, that first week at school in Central St. Martin's? You have talented designers and um, artists from all over the world. Do you remember yeah. what you wore? I always like to wear black. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of to my own personal styling, basically. I always try to get the same poised. You know, I always try to, you know, I like all different black kind of <laughs> you know different texture so but even from but, but for you don't design black anything in black colorful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I draw i wear everything black but i <laughs> i don't do anything black <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember the first thing that you made at central st martin's yeah it was like the first project i i remember so clearly it was like uh it called white project i was like okay why not black but anyway, I didn't question for that. I said, okay, white is a challenging color. I never really thought I wanted to use that color. So basically, the school actually gave you uh, a material. It's the felt. It's like a paper-like felt. So basically, uh -huh. they say every single student come to St. Martin, they always have this white project as a first-term kind of presentation. And so what did so you make? It was quite fun. Yeah, it was a quite a challenging project because, you know, you can the felt is really stiff. So mm -hmm. you could actually, you know, in a way that you cannot really perform drip or all those kind of ideas. So you have to really, you know, kind of listen to the nature of the fabric or maybe modernize it. So I think maybe that's why the project set it up, like to use limited resources to actually right. be creative in that field. So I remember I created a dress actually with felt, but I decided to be, you know, to, to do it in a three-dimensional way. So I kind of use a very kind of a creative a Japanese origami cut to actually you know, to form a dress in that shape. And then basically I made up a fairy tale story with a little girl, you know, kind of in the fairy tale land. So I kind of hand cut it like three dimensional flower as a, as a one piece of jelly to go with the dress as well. So it's kind of, you know, a reflection of, you know, what the fantasy is. So I remember in the presentation, I invited a friend to wear the dress and then also I, bought a bunch of white blown to, for her to hold, you know, kind of making a story once she's actually performing as well. So it was quite fun, yeah. Well, and honestly, it doesn't sound that far from what you design now with your feathers. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so- The romance. <laughs> the romance. The degree at Central St. Martin's is a three-year degree, is that correct? I did four years with four one years. year wow. uh, placement. Yeah, placement and year, yeah. 
And so how did your style evolve through the course of your studies? For me, I feel I really want to try different things. My friends or classmates, they, some of them, they decide if they have style, they want to keep continue the same thing through the years. And but for me, I felt like I want to actually try different things. So I kind of want to do a really kind of minimalism, also trying to be some, become, you know, like doing something really ultra feminine. And sometimes I can be really dark and then, you know, those kind of, you know, ideas. So I kind of experience different you know, idea of design to actually really, you know, defining what I am now, you know, through, you know, through the year of study. So it was quite nice to actually, you know, almost I treated like you are in a, you are in a drama, then basically as a designer, you can become different character to actually have different mindset to actually design something for, you know, for at one type of woman or, or for different kind of lifestyle as well. You were selected by Delphine Arnaud to intern at Dior's Haute Couture Atelier. Tell me about that. Uh, that was like kind of, wow, is that real? Even <laughs> until now, I feel like I still missed that year when I was in Dior, you know. That was like a project, you know, for our third year, uh, for, for our second year final. Um, so we all caught up one day because, you know, like we kind of not really expecting. So the school kept us a secret really well. So we don't really know what's going to happen. So, but they just asked us all has to be come on time, which they never said that. <laughs> so we all came on time on that day. So they said, well, there's a special guest, uh, you know, come from Paris. We would love to you to meet. So we was wondering who is that? So they said, oh, we want to introduce you. Madame, you know, Arnaud. So I said, oh, Dauphine Arnaud. I was like, is that real? Is that really her <laughs> in the room? So they said, yeah, they want to set up a dual project for you to, you know, to, to, to sit down. Also, this is a competition. So the winner going to, you know, be selected by her and then go to Dior to have a year internship. So obviously, everybody was excited. And, you yeah. know, like you just kind of, really thinking you already feel like you are so close to Dior and then they were so generous that invited the whole class come to Paris in the maison of Dior to do a proper presentation and then briefing so wow. we all literally dressed up and then <laughs> later on we all get on Eurostar went to Dior at the first time ever for me yeah had you done any feathers? No, not for that collection. I should, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> at, the at the time, the, the brief was like to design a print for your canage, uh, leather, you know, leather goods uh, mm. kind of collection. So they, they're looking for a really interesting print to be able to use, you know, across uh, uh, small leather goods or appeal so we kind of have the you know we have been briefed with the dual code you know what the element of dual the canage print you know all those kind of elements the flower the lily of the valley so mm -hmm. for you to actually combine those i you know like whole signature to be able to creating a very unique and interesting print so my approach was to really decide to actually design print reflecting of modern garden. So the, the, the print actually being done all by hand, by my, by my hand actually being all kind of uh, 
in individually has been all colored by Hannah as well. So it's a very large print that has been manipulating so many different ways. So, you know, they, they really love the idea that they feel it's really refreshing. Also, it's very romantic. I mean, the romantic thing is always running through my design kind of hands. So they feel it's really appropriate for Dior. So that's the reason I'm being, you know, selected, you know, <laughs> later on to Dior as well. And what was it like working in the atelier? Was it, was it as you imagined it would be? even beyond what I imagined because, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I was like, Galliano was in-house. At the beginning, it feel really surreal. So one time <laughs> you are student, literally, literally, like after a few months, you are in the best house in the world and then doing all those amazing things that like, literally, you, you're not only seeing things, you actually design things and you can see them become real as well and in the market. So, and also I will helping them, you know, in the in-house presentation with their, all the global team as well. So it was quite incredible. Yeah. And what, what was your biggest learning from that experience? Your biggest takeaway? To actually really understand the market, you know, be, mm. because you never really understand how this luxury market actually work, right. you know, until actually you went there and then seeing it. And also, you know, like my boss at the time, he's the global merchandising manager. So he actually really hands on on product and then kind of teaches me a lot about how to make things perfectized. And then literally be was like, you know, fighting for each of the stitch, you know, they like really <laughs> precise with their, you know, decision as well. That's actually kind of make me feel, oh my God, fashion is such serious business. Yeah. <laughs> it's not only pretty, it's a such strict and strict and also serious business. Yeah. 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 And was this a turning point for you as a designer? I mean, is this when you sort of d- felt like you wanted to do a collection on your own? Yeah, basically, my journey continues after the half year. So I went, I've been transferred to actually, you know, to the Couture Atelier because I really have a deep love of clothes. And then being, you know, applied for that position, see if I be able to, you know, go to the Couture and then learning even more from Dior. So they were so kind to, you know, allowed me to actually went to the couture you know also because actually i prepared myself a little bit so before i went to dior i had a three months kind of time in london that i decided i'm not going for summer holiday i instead i applied a, a postgraduate certificate uh, a program at Central St. Martin for pattern cutting. So basically, you know, I really want to go and experience. So with my kind of uh, qualification, they, they feel I should be capable to actually working in the atelier. That's actually make me feel, okay, you see the real thing with merchandising, with the product, and then now you go to the fantasy, then you, you see all the beautiful clothes actually come past you, and then you literally see you know, big celebrity's name on the mannequin, you know, you know that actually that dress can be worn by her for events, you know, and then basically it's another level of experience. It's like you see the real couture. That's actually encouraged me a lot to actually keep chasing the dream because you see the best, you you know, you know, the highs, you, you, you see the technology, you, you know, kind of you learn from it. You kind of want, really want to try if you can work in, 
on your own to actually creating something very different. Yeah. And so in 2010, you started your own mm-hmm. collection. How old were you, Hushan? Yeah. So at the time I was 29 or eight or something like that. You're so young. Did people doubt you and think you're too young to do this? You haven't worked at enough houses or had enough experience? So at the time, you know, I feel like I even, you know, I'm, I'm not really doubting myself. I think, well, you know, the thing is, I try to really launch a collection, a, a brand that's actually associated with, you know, the element of made in China, the element of the Chinese culture, combined with what I actually experienced and see in the West to make something really, you know, different. And then for people to, to, to appreciate it. So that's a big shoe to actually fill in because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big subject that, you know, for, for, for young designer to take. At the time, I just thinking, maybe I should not thinking too much. I should just starting to do something. Maybe I'm going <laughs> to figure out more later. Did your family have business and textiles? I mean, how did you know about manufacturing there and how that what you wanted to do or what you had in your mind of what you wanted to create could be produced there? Well, I absolutely have no idea. So that's why, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like a, as a young person, you kind of just go ahead and try everything. Like, you know, literally knocking doors to everybody to ask for help. That's, you know, that's the best thing you can do at the time. So at the beginning, actually, the the company started with me and my aunt, who my mom actually convinced her to to actually help me. She was she was a tailor for quite a long time, but later on, she decided she's not going to, you know, pers- uh, perform, you know, like, keep continuous that so she went to for another job so my mom actually convinced her to come back to actually you know be with me and then help me out so she literally took took the job and then she's helping me to cut and sew at the beginning so I still remember my first collection that we sold actually it wasn't like me and my aunt literally wow. sewing every single pieces together yeah wow. is the production in Qingdao or is is in is that a, a textile hub I'm, I don't I'm not familiar no Qingdao actually is quite famous for um for beers and then, <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it, it is my favorite beer but yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> right it's a Qingdao beer. so um yeah I know I mean the thing is China is always the big hub for, you know, all sorts of things and manufacturing, etc. But, you know, for, for, for our level of craftsmanship, actually, it's very new to China at that time. You know, at the time, we feel very challenging. So mm-hmm. that's why we kind of decide, you know, we actually grow in, we, I want to grow in more organically rather than, do, rather than to just actually have a big structure. First of all, it was me and my aunt. And then when the order actually increased, and then basically we started to employ people. So basically we kind of training people at the same time. So at the time there was like lots of local women actually, you know, seeking for another opportunity, you know, for, for this kind of job opportunity. So we just took the chance to actually meeting people actually want to, you know, learning something new. So, you know, for us, we want to teach somebody new as well. So kind of working really likely both way. So people actually on board, you know, like if you're thinking back, like what we, who in 
who we actually employ, employed, like, you know, when we at the beginning, lots of people still staying with us, you know, kind of continue. And so basically we just train people on the way and then expand the, the company, the market actually reacting really nicely for us. So it kind of really encourage you to actually keep continue as you want. Yeah. And is your aunt still the head of production? Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah so she's still... I, I, I yeah. find that hard to believe the, the, the idea that the people that are producing this are n- new to learn some, learn some of the techniques because we have just received our shipment and it is the most beautifully produced. It, oh, it, it, looks, you. it looks and feels like couture and the way that it's made is so spectacular. So I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a big compliment from you, actually. You, <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you see lots of beautiful garments. I mean, I'm really happy that you, you saw that from us as well. Yeah. I, I, mean, you, I mean, people swoon over it. You know, people walk in oh. and see it and almost pass out. So tell me about <laughs> London and why you chose London as your base, other than the two best salespeople in the world, Alessia and Gaia. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I'm how lucky I am. Very lucky. <laughs> I know. I think you know. I think it's really London has become a really special place for me. I, you know, I always think you know after staying in London for that many years, I still feel London is so attractive to me. It's like old couples, but you still feel love and you know, like passion about you know about London every single time when I'm going back. And I do feel, you know, think London is my second home. So I kind of, you know, feel how lucky you have two homes, you know, in the world, you know, two, one, yeah. you know, two best city. So the fashion industry is tough. I think it's a really tough business and requires a lot of persistence. What advice would you mm. give? <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give a designer starting out? Oh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think for, for what I believe and what I kind of experience is really, the advice is like really be very determined, like really knowing what you want to achieve. Because, you know, among the way, you know, it's always you're going to say different things. And then sometimes to be brave, to just do it rather than think too much is maybe better, you know, like, Among the way, the atelier actually growing from one person with me and my aunt. Now we already have, you know, around 35 people in China. And then we have, you know, you know, a team in London as well. So in total, we have, you know, around 40 people already. Then basically we keep growing in that speed, which we feel very comfortable. And then really building a team really trust and believe you around you is so important because without them you basically cannot succeed and what makes you most proud about being a designer Mm, i think it's really when i get support from my customer that's something that you know when we receive compliments from my customer seeing how beautiful you know the dresses and you know they really you know enjoying the piece i think that's to me is the most enjoyable time because, you know, after all, I designed for them. They, um, and, and they are you know, the most beautiful clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really kind of a reward. You know, that's the, you know, that's the high moment for me, you know, to, to actually be able to, you know, kind of building this brand, building each of the garment 
you know, through, you know, the, the hard work of the team and then really get appreciated by the customer at the end. So I think, you know, the job is done. So we all very appreciate with all the support. Hishan, and on every podcast, we ask our guests what they were to the prom. And I don't know if you have oh. proms in Chengdao. <laughs> Do you? Is this prom? I had a prom. I had a prom in New Zealand when oh, my you did? graduated. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you wear? Well, boring black, as usual. <laughs> but, I, I could have guessed that. <laughs> I, I did make a dress for my uh, prom date, actually. Oh, no, so I made her a dress. I got a really close friend. She's like, you know, she's kind of quite boyish, very fun, like really cool. You know, and she's like, I do not want to wear a dress to go to prom with you. I said, okay, <laughs> then maybe I should design something special. So I literally, you know, did a dress for her. Um, you know, like she was so happy and then I bought flower and then, you know, we did all things properly, you know, so and, I bought flowers. But, but what did the dress look like, Quishan? It's a black dress again. <laughs> she said, well, you can do another color. But I said, no, no, it's me, black. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you bought flowers and you had a corsage and all of that and a boutonniere. All that. All, all the, all, I, went to, I went to actually, went to her um, place to pick her up, you know, and she stayed in home family. So I, I say hello to the home, uh, you know, a homestay fa- father and mother and then be properly and then take her to the car. So we did everything properly. So I was I very, it. it was very fun. Very yeah. traditional. Well, that's wonderful. Very traditional. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Weishan. We we just enjoyed having you so much and um, can't wait till Aww. I can see you again. Next time, I'd love to see you in London and meet you at my favorite Chinese restaurant, the Royal China. I know. <laughs> I know. We should. That would be so much fun. Yeah. I always go. I always go. <laughs> Actually, I feel, you know, maybe one of my favorite places in, you know, Chinese food in, in London for sure. Yeah. It's the best. All right. It's well, wonderful. Really, really Thank you. Lishan. Thank you. Okay, Take a very good care. You too. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.